Thanks for listening to WBAI New York 99.5 FM and WBAI.org. This is Driving Forces, where we always bring you the deeper discussion about the issues and people shaping our community and our country. I'm Celeste Katz-Marston, here as always with my scintillating co-host, Jeff Simmons. Jeff, what's up? You know, Celeste, I don't want to come across like a broken record, but there's so much going on in the news today. So many different ways we could go with this show. Exactly, exactly. And we are going to have a really good guest on very, very soon. A very popular guest. Love him or hate him. Maybe both. Who knows? The one and only Curtis Sliwa will be joining us in just a little bit. And as everybody listening to this program or listening to anything that's going on in the world today knows, the city's migrant crisis has reached absolutely epic proportions. We've been talking about this on the show a lot because we need to, frankly, This affects everybody in one way or another. It raises a lot of questions about our immigration policies, our city budget, our relationship with the state, the feds, other cities and towns in New York. It has even sparked calls, realistic or not, for Staten Island to secede. And it raises big questions about what kind of city we want to be and what kind of city we can afford to be. Yeah, Guardian Angels founder Curtis Sliwa is going to be with us very soon. He has gotten arrested around and we will figure this out, around 80 times in his life. And a bunch of those arrests have come very recently as he continues to protest how and where the city is housing migrants. We know people have very strong feelings on this. We know our listeners have very strong feelings on this. So does Mayor Eric Adams and Governor Hochul. Well, more recently, Governor Hochul. And we're going to be inviting everyone to call in and ask Curtis their questions directly. So Curtis Lua has been out there demonstrating not only against the location of tent shelters, but against a lot of the whole idea of allowing migrants to come to New York and claim the right to shelter. So where does he think the city should house migrants? Here's a clip of what he had to say about that on his own program on WABC recently. So what about Rikers Island? Everybody has said, what about Rikers Island? Half of it is empty. Who would know better? Me. I've been locked up on Rikers Island. All it would require in the empty facilities is a little rehab. Obviously, you got to check the plumbing, got to check the electricity, and definitely the ventilation. The ventilation is never good when it's open. Trust me. I remember going, man, the stink here. But that could be rehabbed within less than a month. Very, very interesting and very timely, too, given the fact that Mayor Eric Adams basically just this week called on the council to reevaluate the plan to close down Rikers Island. We'll ask Curtis about that, too. But first, we have to take care of a little business, and it is serious stuff. We know you don't like hearing us constantly ask you to support WBAI financially, but this is very important to us. We don't like having to just solicit donations constantly, but... You know, we would rather be talking about all the important issues in our city, our country, and our world. That is why you tune in to this station each week, because you get a different perspective on politics and society, and you also get to hear Celeste and me just, you know, jabber on a lot. We're happy to bring that to you. But here is the bottom line. If you are listening right now, Please make a point to support this program, especially if you don't support this program already, because we want to stay on the air. There is no way to dress that up. That is the truth. WBAI really needs your help. We need you to donate. And the management of the station, we're going to be really open with you on the show, really, really open. The management of WBAI has put out a directive, an order to everybody. Every show needs to raise more money to keep WBAI alive, and we need to do it right 
now. There's no more waiting. There's no more time. So if you care about immigration policy, social justice, all the things that we're going to talk about today, if this is why you listen to WBAI, please take a moment today to support this station. We can't do it without you. Please go to WBAI.org today or call 212-209-2950. 212-209-2950 and become a BAI buddy in the name of this show, Driving Forces, and give as generously as you can. Keep us on the air. That's WBAI.org or 212-209-2950. You pick the amount, just pick up the phone. 212-209-2950. 212-209-2950. Become a BAI buddy. Support Driving Forces. Volunteers like Jeff and me and all the hosts that you love here on the, on the uh, station are really stepping up to keep WBAI an independent voice in New York City. But our volunteer work is not enough. We need everyone to pitch in. And if you are new to this station, if you just happen to stumble upon us, please know we are listener supported. We're not commercial. We're not corporate. Big business money does not keep this station on the air. Big pharma doesn't tell us what to say. You tell us what to say. WBAI is the voice of the real New York, the hardworking, caring people who make this city all the great things it is now and that it could be tomorrow. WBAI has been telling the story of New York for more than 60 years, and we want to keep telling that story. We want to talk about the big problems and also the big successes. But as Celeste noted, this is urgent. This is a crisis. This station could go off the air if it does not clean up its financial problems. Time is running out. So if you do care about free speech, if listener-supported, non-commercial, non-corporate radio means something to you, and that free speech means something to you, and real debate about serious issues means something to you because it affects us all, please take some time, go to WBAI.org, become a BAI buddy in the name of this show, Driving Forces, and please Do it today. Do it now. Well, while you're listening to the show or do it right after the show, make a point of doing it. Jot down that note. You can give any amount you want. $15 or $20 a month is usually what people give. That if you become a BAI buddy, that is fantastic. And even if you or if you're financially strapped, $10 a month would be great. Now, there's a reason you're listening to this program on this radio station, and it's not because you don't have like a million other choices of what to listen to. Obviously, you do. You could be listening to a podcast. You could be listening to, uh, you know, you could be watching television. You could be doing anything else, but you're here with us because there's something about BAI that speaks to you. WBAI is the best way to keep your finger on the pulse of real New York City, whether you were born here like me, or you came here from the other side of the world to find a new life if you're hearing our voices right now. This radio station has brought us together right here, right now. And that means we have something in common. So now we really need to act on that common cause. And, you know, as Jeff and I, uh, as Jeff said earlier, you know, we're volunteers and we work hard to bring you a great show with great topics, good guests, good callers. We would like to really give you a chance to be on the air and speak in a way that most other radio stations just don't have time for. They don't have time for that. That's because they're busy airing a lot of commercials to make a lot of money to 
air more commercials and make more money. Okay, right? That's not what WBAI is. You come here for a reason. You have figured out that New York City needs an independent free speech radio station where we hear from all kinds of people and we hear directly from people, not somebody just talking to you through your radio or through your computer or through your phone, but you being able to talk back and us actually listening to you. So please, this is really important. If you want to keep this kind of radio in New York City, because it is hard out here. It is expensive. It is hard. It is competitive. We need your help. Go to WBAI.org, WBAI.org, or call 212-209-2950. Become a BAI buddy in the name of Driving Forces. We need you to pick our show. Everybody's pitching for their own shows. We wish every other show well, but this is our time to ask you for your help for this show. Please, not later, not tomorrow, not next week, today. Please, WBAI.org, 212-209-2950. And if you just tuned in, you're listening to Driving Forces with me, Jeff Simmons, and my amazing scintillating, I'll use her adjective, so, uh, co-host Celeste Katz-Marston here on WBAI 99.5 FM New York. Also, streaming live at WBAI.org. And coming up very shortly is going to be Curtis Sliwa. We know our listeners have very, very strong opinions about Curtis, about the mayoralty. That's why we love having Curtis on, because he doesn't hold back, and that's why we also, and he's wonderful about this, we also will open up the phone lines because we value the opinions of our listeners. That is what Celeste was just stressing as well, because we are listener supported, but we also listen to the voices of our listeners because they matter, you matter. Uh, people like Daryl McPherson, who calls in regularly to our show, who stresses the value of WBAI, it means something to him. And hopefully you're listening today, Daryl, because you're one of our greatest pitchmen when it comes to talking about the value of WBAI. You know, Celeste, you mentioned that you were born in New York. I was actually born in New York, but then I grew up in northern New Jersey. Um, my family listened to WBI. It was one of the stations that we had on in our home. It meant something to them. And, you know, for a while, I know I have to listen to news for my full-time job all the time. And I bounce around listening to different stations because I want to make sure I capture everything that's going on. But I always find myself coming back to WBAI because I like the diversity of programming. And Sunday afternoons, I have it on Cone Sabor Latino constantly. And mm-hmm. if you don't like this show, but you want to support them, go for it because they also are going to be asking for like but no, no, but I want people, but I want people to support this show, but I also want them to, <laughs> to know, Celeste, <laughs> how diverse our programming is that no matter Killing when you turn on WBAI, you're going to get something special. Okay, that is I'm definitely rambling. true. I'm, no, I'm not. I'm not. No, no, no. I'm, and I'm not knocking any other show, Jeff, but I mean, I'm just trying to make a point. It, look, uh, if you want to support uh, Consabor Latino or, or uh, Deadline NYC or any of these other great programs that we have on here, because we have so many different kinds of programs. We have a great diversity diversity of programs and people and sounds and topics on this radio station. And that's what makes it really awesome. I mean, think about it. I'm not going to knock any other station by name, but there are a lot of stations in New York and around the country, and I've been on some of them, I've hosted for some of them, and that's all fine. But, you know, you get the thing, the one thing that they have. And there's like a lot of siloing, I think, in our media these days where you go to a newspaper or a website or a radio station to get that one thing that they offer. And if you like that thing, okay, great. You know what? I'm happy for you. But WBAI offers so many different kinds of programs. 
And we are only able to do that because of two things. Number one, because a lot of great people are volunteering to give their time and their effort to this station to make those programs. They don't just magically happen. But also because we have the support of people like you, regular New Yorkers who care about having an independent radio station that's not like the other radio stations. But you know what? Having that radio station and keeping that radio station alive is a fragile thing, and that's why we really need your help. Please go to WBAI.org, WBAI.org, or call 212-209-2950. I got so emotional and worked up, I couldn't remember the, uh, the phone number, Jeff. But you know what, Jeff? Actually... It's interesting that we're in the middle of this big pledge drive right now as we are waiting for our guest, uh, Mm -hmm. Curtis Lee. He will be with us in just a little bit. I know we are working on getting him. He's a busy guy, busy getting arrested lately, mostly, but uh, he's a busy guy. But you know what, Jeff? You check to make sure he's out of jail, right? Yeah. But do do you think he got arrested since I checked? It's not (laughs) impossible. Oh, my God. You know what? What if, Jeff, what if he did get arrested, but we were his one phone call? Well, that that would be great because, you know, we get a lot of calls here at WBI and we're going to be taking your calls later in the show. And we'll give you that number coming up later because we don't want to confuse you because right now what's very important to us is that pledge line at 212-209-2950. I want to tell you something funny that happened, Celeste, uh, to me uh, on Sunday. Um, I finished the show, the other show that I work on, City Watch, on Sunday mornings, and mm-hmm. that wraps up at 9 a.m., And, you know, I rushed out because for my job, I needed to head out to Greenwood Cemetery in Brooklyn. And the first person I encountered was a cameraman from WNBC who's like, how did you get here so quickly? I just heard you on the radio. I was just listening to BAI on the way here. And I asked him, like, you know, what does he normally just tune into that show? He's like, no, I usually leave it on in my car all the time. And, you know, and and it's interesting how many people that I encounter who bring up to me certain shows, like, of course, James Ursay. Most people I talk with, especially if it comes up about they listen on weekends, talks about James Ursay because they love listening to him. Wow. He really has a unique program. And and he's a a nice guy. Yeah, and he's a nice guy, and he's uh, you know uh, we've had, we've worked with him. You and I, Jeff, have worked with him as um, uh, engineer, as a fill-in engineer on our program, um, and you know he's he's an amazing. But there are so many interesting people that uh, we've worked with as engineers, or that we just know from from being around town, being in the media business. Um, you think about people like Tom Robbins or Michael G. Haskins. Well, God, what a what a great guy to work with, right? What a nice guy. And he has great sound, too. You get so many different kinds of people on this station. And if you want to keep that going, you can become a WBAI buddy and pledge your support. It's a recurring donation you can give uh, every month, and it's as much or as little as you feel is right for you. Just go to WBAI.org and check out the BAI Buddies program, or you can call 212-209-2950. But Jeff, you know what? It's I was just saying it was amazing that we're uh, out here pitching because you know what happened like almost five years ago? You and I started the show together? That is correct. It is almost five years, five years on the air for driving. But, but, but folks need to know Celeste and I have known each other for, uh, it's got to be decades. It's decades now. It is is for sure. We were, I was working on David Patterson's campaign. Well, we knew each other before that, but I was handling David Patterson's campaign and Celeste was on the bus. 
And, you know, it was oh just, my I remember God. those great experiences. That's right. David Patterson. We're going to have David Patterson back on the show, but think about it. Those are like, you know, some of the interesting people that we've had on this program. We've had David Patterson on the program. We've had, well, Curtis Lewa. We will have Curtis Lewa very soon, I hope. We are still working on this. I know that uh, the, the, engineering, uh, the engineering department is working on this very much. Again, I, you know what, Jeff? I'm kind of worried. I really hope he didn't get arrested again. My mom's going to be mad. She wanted him to be back on the show. And I, he said, okay. And I said, my mom wants you to be on this show, Curtis. So you got to do it. Don't, uh, don't let me down, man. And he said he would. But um, Curtis Lee was a guy who's been around radio for a very, very long time and talk radio specifically. He's with WABC right now. But, you know, again, he's also been out there protesting. And I will be very, very interested to hear what people have to say about this. Because every time we do a show about the migrant situation, the phones are blowing up. The people have something to say. People want to get involved. And so you know what? If you want to be heard on those kinds of things, if you want to just not listen to the radio, if you want to be part of the radio, if you want to be able to have other New Yorkers hear your voice and hear your thoughts and hear your questions, this is how you do it. But you have to support 212-209-2950, is the number to call, or just go to wbai.org now through the heroic heroic efforts of our engineer reggie johnson we are ready to move on to our special guests you are listening to driving forces with celeste katz marston that's me and jeff simmons this is wbai new york 99.5 fm and streaming live at wbai.org as promised Joining us now is Curtis Sliwa. Now, it's safe to say that you know Curtis. On the very, very off chance that you don't know him, he is, of course, the founder of the Guardian Angels. And that, of course, is a, a, a street force that is out there protecting people for a, a very, very long time. You know, the red berets, the jackets, the T-shirts. Now, Curtis Sliwa has had a long and what you could fairly describe as a colorful career. He's a former Daily News paper boy. Jeff and I are both Daily News alums, so had to throw that in. Grew up in Canarsie. <laughs> and he's a longtime radio host. As we mentioned, he's currently with WABC. He's a former candidate for mayor of the city of New York, and he's grabbed headlines throughout his career, sometimes for fiddling with the facts a little bit, but most recently for giving voice to New Yorkers who oppose the city's open door policy for migrants and sheltering those migrants, especially in public spaces and public places. Now, here's what he had to say at one of the many recent protests he has led against the city's hand of this crisis. Now on, it's protests the American way with civil disobedience, Eric Adams, the Mahatma Gandhi way. And we're going to keep driving this point home until you decide to be the mayor and represent American people who are citizens in New York City who pay their taxes and afford to put you in a $5,000 customized suit each and every day. No tents. No tents. No migrants. We're going to have Curtis Slewa here in one moment, but you can see from the news coverage, there are definitely New Yorkers out there who believe in what Curtis Slewa is saying and are getting behind him. Of course, Mayor Eric Adams isn't one of those people. Here's what he had to say at a recent news conference. 
Any, anytime you start out a question with the name Curtis Sliwa, that in itself states that it would do a disservice to me and other New Yorkers for me to even respond to that. Curtis Sliwa? I mean, I mean, if you go look in a dictionary for the word buffoon and tell me what picture you come up with. Okay, now we're going to let the man speak for himself, and he is willing to take some of your calls at 212-209-2877. Without further ado, Curtis Sliwa, welcome back to WBAI. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm a little late. Uh, got to tell you, uh, I think I got under the mayor's skin. I don't understand why he'd be punching down. He has enough battles uh, with the Biden administration and now going to Hochul, who used to be his friend. The, the the last person in the world he should be talking about is me. But it's clear that Eric Adams, I call him Swagger Man without a plan, really does not have a plan for the migrant situation. And I, I take it back. A year ago in August, Governor Abbott was sending uh, the migrants to New York. He said, New York City, New York State, you're a, you're a sanctuary city, sanctuary state. We're overwhelmed. Uh, he invited Eric Adams down to the border, said, look, you can see what we're dealing with in the border towns. Eric Adams instead called him a racist and said, we can do it better. He talked about all the things he was going to give to migrants, which he did. Put them up in hotels, playstations, uh, cell phones, three squares a day, health insurance. And then all of a sudden, he didn't get any help from Schumer, Hakeem Jeffries, Biden, Little, if any, help from uh, Hochul, and then he was saying no mas, no mas. So they're fighting one another. These are all Democrats, like three scorpions in a brandy glass, stinging one another. The last person in the world he should have even spent the time of day on was me. He should have simply said, Celeste, you know what? I beat the guy in the last uh, election. If he wants me to comment on him, tell him to run again for my reelection. So, Curtis Lee, you have there's a lot going on here and you have a big platform. People know you from the Guardian Angels, from the radio, from politics. You ran for mayor. People know the name Curtis Lee. So out out of everything that is going on in the world and in the city of New York, why are you focusing on this right now? Well, because there are people who are asking me to help them organize. Look, uh. Former President Barack Obama was known as a community organizer in the south side of Chicago, and he was a very good one. I happen to be an organizer who's done it all over the world, 13 countries, 130 cities, and throughout the United States. So if you notice, I have not conducted any rallies in Manhattan other than Crazy Mansion, because that's where the mayor lives. He had offered to house uh, migrant families and then reneged on it. That was the purpose of that demonstration. But I only go where people have asked me to get involved to help them organize uh, Staten Island, Brooklyn, and Queens, and in places where the mayor has contradicted himself. In many instances, before he left for Israel, he said, I would never put a migrant center on a floodplain. Well, there it was. Midland Beach in Staten Island got wiped wiped out by a superstorm, Sandy. He's ready to put him in a building there. Floyd Bennett Field, he wants to be able to put 2,000 single, able-bodied young men with nowhere to go, nothing to do on runway 19 there under a tent. That's the flood zone. I really think at this point we have seen the mayor exhibit a form of attention deficit disorder. He's constant. I'll put, you know, I'll put uh, uh, cargo containers in the street. 
I'll put tents up, and he takes tents down. It's sort of like stick to one plan and stick to it, Eric Adams, because you're giving everybody vertical no matter what side of the issue they're on. So whether they're welcoming the migrants or they're opposed to the migrants, the mayor gives everybody vertical. He changes from day to day. Now, if you just tuned in, this is Driving Forces with me, Jeff Simmons, my co-host, Les Katz-Marston, here on WBAI New York, 99.5 FM, streaming live at WBAI.org. We're talking with Curtis Slewa. He's willing to take your calls. Here's the phone number to call, 212-209-2877. Once again, I want to repeat that number as often as possible, 212-209-2877. As you're talking, Curtis, and thank you for joining us today, as you're talking, it feels like, I mean, you're heading to each borough for something like this, which, of course, and we will get to, sounds like what a mayoral candidate might do and making sure they hit all the boroughs. But one of the big points that the city keeps talking about is, you know, as far as being, what, a sanctuary city, it's not actual law, if I'm correct. That policy could change. How does this fit in with the city's policy of right to shelter? Because this is something that uh, Mayor Eric Adams has caused quite a kerfuffle over. Yeah, well, no, Jeff, you're absolutely right. Uh, there is no law about sanctuary city in the city. Uh, they attempted a law in the state, if memory serves me correct. They passed it in the assembly. It didn't pass through the state Senate. Uh, so basically you can say we announced that we're a sanctuary city and state. We took measures to not cooperate with federal law enforcement ICE when they come for detainers. So there are sp- specific things that the state and city have said that they will not do when it comes to the migrant issue, but there is no law. Now, the right to, of shelter uh, is in the form of a court-ordered mandate. Uh, it was uh, at the time Ed Koch who agreed to it. He was being sued by the Coalition uh, for the Homeless, Legal Aid. Norman Siegel was there at the time, New York Civil Liberties Union. And rather than continue the battles in the court, he agreed to a court mandate which exists in perpetuity. Now, before the migrants came in, anybody could be in New York City and declare themselves not to have shelter, and the city was responsible to put them up. When I would visit the shelters, i got to tell you about uh, just a raw estimate. About a fifth of the population uh, of males were actually from Newark, New Jersey, where the shelter system is miserable. You wouldn't want to stay there not an hour, never mind a day. New York City's uh, shelter system is much better. So a lot of the men would take the Port Authority uh, bus or they come over on the PATH train. They would uh, check into a, a New York City agency, claim that they were indigent, they didn't have a place to stay, and they'd be in shelters here. Now with the migrant situation overwhelming us, they also uh, are included in the right to shelter. And so the city, if it's going to go back to court, and ask for some relief, they better start moving expeditiously. But they're really moving very slowly. And then Hochul is now fighting Adams and saying, look, that's a city issue. Other legislators want it to be a state-mandated right to shelter. So, again, these are all Democrats battling one another. There's not a Republican in the mix. That's a, that's an interesting point, Curtis. Two one two two zero nine two eight seven seven two one two two zero nine two eight seven seven. We do have a caller on the line, uh, WBAI. You're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? And what is your brief question for Curtis Sliwa? I'm calling from Wasaic, New York. Um, th- my question for 
Okay, you got to talk up, man. I'm having a little trouble hearing you. All right. Um, my question, my question for Mr. Sliwa, you, I heard a introduction about you a little bit earlier today where you talked about being on Rikers Island. I'm not making it a, a rite of passage, but you were in protective custody. I mean, you were bragging about it. You don't have any issue with that? the fact that you weren't really in general population and talking slick as if you really did something. And on top of that, just one other thing. I'd like to know more because you're telling me about Eric Adams and how we shouldn't trust him because he went back on his word. But in 1992, a number of your associates said a lot of your escapades were basically publicity stunts. So I'd like to know, why should anybody put any trust in you when it comes to, you know, I mean, the truth is the truth in regards to Mr. Adams, and I agree with you on those things, but I don't trust you anymore, what you say. So I'd like to know why you think someone should trust you, and BAI should be ashamed of themselves for even having you today. So I'd like okay. to hear more about that. Okay, thanks. Thanks very much. And uh, look, we try to have people from all walks of life, all political positions, all backgrounds here. But Curtis, I will let you speak to the caller's question here about this. Why should people take your word for it on what the city should do or not do about the migrant crisis? Well, number one, with all the uh, elected officials talking about Rikers Island, none of them have been housed on Rikers Island at any time of their life. I've been housed there multiple times, not just in Punk City Protective Custody, I've been in the dormitory where they have 40 guys together. I've been in a cell uh, with another inmate. So I've had a multiple uh, batch of experiences. When David Dinkins was mayor, I did a broadcast from there for WABC. I've also lectured in the high school there. So I know Rikers Island fairly well, probably more so than any other elected official. What I'm saying is, how's the migrants? Not in the jail, but there are empty buildings that if you fix the electricity, the plumbing, especially the ventilation, you take the bars off the doors. You don't want them sleeping in a jail, but there's plenty of room. There's 400 acres. You can put up tents, and you can let them live there while they get their, their life in order. They need to be vetted out. We don't know who these people are. They just came across the border. They need to be vaccinated. They need medical checks. In the time that I spent in Mexico in the Colonia Juarez, Colonia Libertad, when I actually was protecting uh, the uh, migrants when they were coming across the border, when there was no fence, there was no Trump wall, this was in the 80s, they were being abused by border bandits, I got latent tuberculosis from being there. Luckily, it didn't become full-blown tuberculosis. These folks have got to be properly vetted. Rikers Island would be a perfect place to do it, one way in, one way out. In terms of me manufacturing incidences that did not occur back in 1992, I've already acknowledged that. Uh, those incidents occurred way back in 1980 when I first started the Guardian Angels. I've been very clear about that. And, hey, if you, you don't think you should trust me, you don't think you should trust Eric Adams, that's why in the next election we need multiple candidates from multiple parties who should be running so people have more choice, including me, because I will be running. Oh, okay. So you wait. So is this is this your official announcement? You will be running for mayor of the city of New York, doing it here on BAI. Oh, I've, been say, I've been saying that, Jeff and Celeste, 
I have not filed papers yet, and I have not raised a penny. Because, you know, the moment I do that, boop, they'll yank me right off the WABC, the FCC will. Right, right, as a as a candidate for office. But, okay, so now that we at least have that positioning on there, 212-209-2877, 212-209-2877. We do have callers holding. We're going to come right to those calls now. WBAI, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? And what is your brief question for Curtis so we can get to as many people as possible? Yes, I'm Bill. Can you hear me? Yep. Thank you. Great show. Important show. Curtis, you know that... The, uh, in the South, the strategy is backfiring. Trump said that the migrants would hurt blacks the most, and we see wild protests for Trump from the black community in the South, Curtis. I'm sure everyone can go on YouTube and see it. Um, Curtis, please, we love you, but you need to humble yourself in this moment and just admit, brother, that when Trump, when Biden said he was ending the policy on day one, it was the first thing he was going to do. The black community okay, well, in Chicago I, I gotta Okay, thank you. Thank you for real. the call. Thank you for the call, Curtis. Go ahead and respond. Right, I got to be real cool with you because I have an R in front of my name. I am not a Trumper. I've been called a rhino by my fellow Republicans. I wear that uh, as a badge. So when I'm in Republican circles, they know I didn't support Trump. Both times he ran, I voted for independent candidates, not Democrats. And I want to see the primary process take place. I wish. The Democrats had somewhat of a primary process in debates, and then I'll make my selection, but it won't be Trump. I can guarantee you that. Curtis, I want to jump in here. We got another phone call. We're going to take that first, and then I want to ask you a little about what your mayoral campaign, if you do throw your hat in the ring, what that will involve beyond this issue. Let's get to that other call. Welcome to WBAI. You are on the air. What's your name? Where are you from? And briefly, what's your comment or your question for Curtis? Yeah, hey, it's Roger. Good to hear Curtis on WBAI. Hey, Roger from New Milford. Yes, sir. Hey, here's the analogy. I had a leak in my roof. Seriously. I was putting buckets on the floor to catch the water. It's the same thing with the southern border. You're never going to have enough shelters in the city. Fix the border, then take care of the people. Thank you. Curtis, any any feedback on what Roger from yeah, the Milford uh, just look, said? You know, the mayor, I don't think the mayor is a, a very good student of history. He went to Bayside High School. He did relatively well, but history was probably not his best subject. Today, when he was talking about migrants uh, getting the ability to work quickly, he said, you know, all through history, then he mentioned the Irish, he mentioned the Italians, uh, he mentioned Jews, and he mentioned Japanese. First off, does he not realize that there used to be signs up, Irish need not apply? The New York Times and the want ads would say, Irish not wanted. Then Italians were sent back uh, during the Sacco and Vanzetti Red Scare. Uh, many, many Italians shipped back. Chinese, after they came in large numbers, built our railroads, they would ship back. And then, obviously, Jews had a tough time getting work anywhere un- until they had to create work for themselves because nobody would hire the Jews. So I, and Japanese. Does he not remember the internment of Japanese? So I think with the mayor, everything that occurred before 1954 when they closed Ellis Island, everything was great, and it should be the same way now. He doesn't understand what that history is that it's, it's what I call a rough ride for a lot of immigrants. I want immigrants to come in. We need immigrants. But there's a legal way, and then there's a way in which nobody benefits, not the migrants, 
not the citizens, not the country. And now you look at this mess. Uh, who's going to pay for all of this? Right now, city taxpayers next year are going to see cuts in fire, policing, schools, education, social work. It'll be back to the 1970s where we had a fiscal control board overseen by Governor Kerry with Felix Roatan representing the bankers who contributed and Victor Gottbaum who represented the unions who put up their pension funds so we wouldn't declare Chapter 11. I don't want to go back to that. You know, Curtis, you, you never hold back on your opinions about, you know, other elected officials. I'm curious if you feel that Mayor Adams has been better or worse for New York City than our prior mayor, Mayor Bill de Blasio. Well, certainly uh, talked about a game, but I think on this migrant issue, he said a brick wall. He's gotten us involved in a situation where fiscally we may be on the verge of a collapse next year. Look. Just listen to Tom DiNapoli. You don't have to listen to Brad Lander because he's at odds with Eric Adams. But everybody loves Tom DiNapoli. He's a lovable guy. He's been warning both Hochul and Adams, sales taxes are down. Property taxes are down. You folks are spending money that you don't have. Next year, you've got to have a balanced budget. It's not like the federal government where you can keep printing money. We're looking at a fiscal disaster, and neither Eric Adams or Hochul Want to address that? They should really turn it over to Tom DiNapoli and let the guy with the number two pencil, the accountant, explain to the population what dire circumstances we're going to be in next year. We're talking to Curtis Sliwa, the founder of the Guardian Angels, radio host on WABC, uh, frequent guest of the New York City Police Department as, uh, as as an arrestee at multiple protests against the city's handling of the migrant crisis. 212-209-2877 is the number to call. 212-209-2877. We're going to go back to the phones. WBAI, what's your name? Where are you calling from? And what is your brief question for Curtis Sliwa? Yeah, my name is Nelson. I'm from Miller Place, New York, out on Long Island. I'd like to defend Curtis, uh, Curtis a little bit. Uh, I remember back in the early 80s how bad the city was, and this guy walked the streets protecting the people of New York City. You know, he may not be a polished politician, but one thing that I get from him is that he loves New York City. Whatever decision he makes will be out of love for New York City and what he believes is best for New York City not be holding to a political group, a political action group, or the big money. And I think it's very important that we both engage in dialogue with the other side. I heard the caller before saying you should be ashamed of putting them on. No, you shouldn't. You know, you open up you open up ideas. My mother used to say, even a broken clock is right twice a day. So we should listen to each other and keep our eyes and ears open. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. And uh, uh, we are we're going to go on here. I think that we're having a, a little bit of a connection problem. I think Curtis has dropped out. He will not dropped out of the race. Well, he hasn't officially entered the mm-hmm. race yet, but uh, <laughs> he is is coming back momentarily. We are once again heroically efforting uh, uh, getting him back on the air. But, you know, very, very interesting. And you know what I want to ask Curtis about, Jeff? I don't know. What do you think of this question? But when Curtis gets back on the air and hopefully he will, um, because this this show has mm-hmm. already been exciting enough for me. Um, you know, 
my my mother talked about even when um, when I mentioned to her that we might have Chris Lou on the program. She said, you know, she remembered the guardian angels protecting her when she was riding the IRT. You know, back in the day, she doesn't ride the train a lot at the at the moment, but you know, certainly growing up in the city, being around the city. Um, you know, remembered. And oh, actually, I think now we do have Curtis Lewa back here on WBAI. By the way, if you're just joining us, this is Driving Forces. I know my mom is happy. I'm sure. Ma, I hope you're hearing this. Um, Curtis Lewa is back on the line with us here on Driving Forces. This is WBAI New York 99.5 FM and streaming live at WBAI.org. So Curtis, I was just saying, and I'm glad you're back. Thank you for, for getting back on the line here. Um, you know, talking about my mom remembering the guardian angels looking out for her and for people when she was riding the IRT as a young lady and so on. And you know, the guardian angels, um, the aura of the guardian angels is that they have your back regardless of who you are. If you're scared, if you're in trouble, the guardian angels are watching out for you. And I'm sort of wondering, how do you sync that up with, um, you know, not some people might say that helping these migrants is like a moral imperative. I know it's expensive, but that we have some sort of like human obligation to help people who are, um, frankly, many of them are in trouble, are escaping from countries that have huge problems with crime, drug violence, uh, extraordinary poverty. How do you sort of match that up? The guardian angels, angels are there to help people, right? Oh, you're absolutely correct. And I've I've been able to travel the world. I have guardian angels in 13 countries, 130 cities, with 5,000 international members, some of them in third world countries, some of them in democracy, some of them in dictatorship. So I understand it completely. But when I'm walking the streets of New York City riding the trains, uh, the majority of the people who are in need of help are African Americans, mostly males, some females. Some of them are homeless. Some of them are emotionally disturbed. Some have alcohol or drug problems. And the fruits of victory in politics, right, go to the people that elected you, mayor. You take care of them first and foremost. I think we can all agree, forget my race against Eric Adams. It was the Democrat versus the Republican. But in the ranked choice primer, it was ever so close. Maya Wiley had the support of AOC and her socialists. You had Kathy Garcia, the support of the New York Times crowd. Eric Adams, if he hadn't gotten the votes of African-Americans, would not have won the Democratic primary at all. He owes it to the black community. And I deal with African-Americans every day in the streets who feel that he has forsaken them. They're out sleeping on a park bench on 110th Street, right near the old state prison that was converted to a migrant shelter. The migrants are there. The African-Americans are sleeping on the park bench. The juxtaposition of that is mind-boggling. Now, if you were taking care of your own people, Americans, some of them veterans, uh, people who are in need and despair, I can understand that. We're not even taking care of our own people. And imagine the shock to them to see that the migrants are jumping the queue. And, I mean, they're getting a lot of good things, three-star hotels, three squares, cell phones, health insurance. I mean, you take care of somebody, but this is over the top. And I think this was all part of Eric Adams' plan. Everyone who gets elected mayor thinks they're going to be president. Never happens. They crash and burn. Rudy, Bloomberg, de Blasio, now Eric Adams. He thought by ingratiating himself to mostly Hispanics arriving that in the future 
when they were citizens, when they could vote, which eventually they will be able to do when they have children here or they marry here, that they would thank Eric Adams and Joe Biden the way uh, the Irish thanked uh, Tammany Hall and the Irish Democrats who were there for them because the Republicans hated Catholics. And like other waves of immigration, when the Democrats helped and the Republicans did not because they basically supported Protestants in many years, and they hated Catholics. So I get it. I understand mm-hmm. it. But that backfired. And now we're having to deal with the mess. I wish these people who get elected mayors would understand. You're lucky if you get elected to a second term, and then your political life is over. Look at John Lindsay. Over. But their aides start talking in their ears, oh, you could be president. No, they can't. It's over. So, Curtis, you know, we're talking about the mayor, you mentioned Biden, but in this mix as well has been Governor Hochul, who has come under mounting criticism about the way she's handled this. And I'm very curious if you feel like the problem has been exacerbated in New York City because the governor did not step in and offer solutions and offer to help New York earlier. What actions, how do you feel about the, the way the governor's handled this? And what should she, if you believe, if you do criticize uh, the way she's handled this, what do you believe she should have done and when? Well, look, uh, it was kind of nice to have a governor and mayor who actually worked together <laughs> after coming from Cuomo, de Blasio, uh, Giuliani, and Pataki before 9-11. They hated one another. Rockefeller and Lindsay, they hated one another. Nice to have a governor and, and mayor that are civil to one another. But I think the problem began by Hochul being missing in action. And now Eric Adams was uh, shifting some of the migrants to upstate communities. He hooked into this group called DocGo that had never done this work before at NGO. He gives them a no-bid contract for $432 million. So now they're welcoming them in Albany County, in Rotterdam, in Colony, in Albany itself. And then there were all these problems with DocGo not being honest with local officials. Likewise, you saw that in Erie County, Chitawaga, some of the other uh, hotels and motels that DACO shipped the migrants to, all kinds of problems. I think Eric Adams has to get his ship in order. Who's DACO? Why did they get a no-bid contract? Hochul, when she had her attorney, sent a blistering 40-page letter to Eric Adams. A lot of it had to do with, I gave you $1.5 billion dollars. I still don't have an invoice. I still don't have a receipt. Eric Adams has a lot of explaining to do because when it comes to money, we've seen in his own personal finances when he filed for his taxes. Let's face it. Uh, he, he, he was a dollar short and a day late with his accountant. I think he needs to leave this to other people who are better adept at this, maybe even the Tom DiNapoli, set up a financial control board because – He's spending money he doesn't have. He's giving it to friends of Eric Adams. We don't know who these people are, and they haven't delivered. They're not ready for prime time. I think Kathy Hochul is right to complain, but she was missing an action in the beginning, as was Schumer, as was Hakeem Jeffries, as was Mayorkas and the Biden administration. 
We're talking to Curtis Lee here on Driving Forces. This is WBAI New York 99.5 FM and WBAI.org. And Curtis, since you mentioned about the, about money, you mentioned about uh, Eric Adams. Just want to ask you real quick about a tweet that you had up the other day that I thought was interesting. It's a picture of Eric Adams with an inset of him wearing a bracelet that says hustle. It's got little blocks on it that spell out the word hustle. And uh, over the picture, the superimposed uh, definition says hustle to seek out large sums of money, often by unscrupulous means or to prostitute oneself for monetary gain. And uh, I can see the political implications of that. But I wanted to ask you about the tweet, because the photograph itself is uh, an image of Mayor Eric Adams appears to be at the uh, at the Western Wall or at the Wailing Wall, wearing a yarmulke, surrounded by other people wearing yarmulkes. Just wanted to ask you what uh, what you're trying to convey with this tweet and with this particular image. Well, first off, every politician in rite of passage is to go to the Wailing Wall, Republicans or Democrats, and patronize Jewish people foolishly. But in this case, a young man pointed out to me, he said, look, he's touching the wall, which they all do, and he's got a bracelet on. And the young man zoned in on the bracelet and said, you know, on that bracelet it says hustle. And remember, our mayor fashions himself as the hip-hop mayor. He's the urban mayor. And I just put up there the definition of hustle. Look, uh, I don't know if he was even aware that he had that bracelet on, but you shouldn't have been wearing that bracelet to go to the Western Wall, the Wailing Wall. And you just give an opportunity for all of your critics like me to say, wait a second, isn't this like what you said when you were sworn into office in 2000 as a state senator representing Bed-Stuy and Crown Heights? Your first speech, you said, show me the money. That's what it's all about. Show me the money. It's like that that has been his driving point. I just think he's got to understand that people are watching, not just me. But others, investigatory agencies now, the fundraising he did for campaigning, straw donors, uh, Eric Ulrich, who uh, you may have remembered, was running in a, non, uh, uh, in a nonpartisan uh, uh, election to replace Tish James. He was the only Republican. I campaigned against Eric Ulrich. The Republicans thought I was a traitor. I said, this guy is affiliated with the Bonanno Grime family. He owes gambling debts. Listen. I'd rather have a Democrat. Oh, my God. How could you say that, Curtis? I said, because the guy is indebted to the Banano Grunt family. Now all of this comes mm-hmm. to the surface. You have to ask yourself. You knew this guy had a problem with gambling. You knew in the streets of Howard Beach and Ozone Park, everybody knew he owed debts to the Banano Grunt family. Did you have a DOI investigation? Well, because he raised you a lot of money. A lot of illegal money, matching funds, 8 to 1 matching funds. You not only brought him into your administration, but you put the fox in the chicken coop and made him the commissioner of buildings, knowing that a lot of mob guys are in construction and probably had an easy pass into his office. It's mind-boggling to me. I blame not just the mayor, but I blame his former campaign manager, fundraiser, chief of staff for a year, now the city's top lobbyist, Frank Caron. Frank Arone knows better. He's a street guy. He grew up with me in Canarsie. 
Okay, Curtis, we really appreciate it. Wait, Jeff, did you have one more question? Did you have one more very, very important question? Well, in fact, Curtis, I know we only have about a minute left with you, so I'm going to have to ask you to be brief on this. We did have a special request to ask you about your cats, but before, but what, what was really concerning to me is there was just a story in the New York Times just about a week or so ago about how the city's shelter animal population has exploded and the cat population has grown to the point last month that animal care centers said it was, quote, closed for cat intake. What do you make of this issue? How would you resolve it all in less than one minute? Yeah, I, I don't I don't blame the, the city because we were overwhelmed by COVID and they weren't able to go out there and trap, neuter and spade. We have to make up for lost time. We have to help. A lot of groups out there who do this voluntarily. There are a lot, of, especially women, who do it, like my my uh, my own wife Nancy. Help them to help these cats because the feral cats, their population has exploded. We got to manage their population, and they'll manage the rat population. As you know, I volunteer to be the rat saw. The mayor dissed me and dismissed me, but feral cats is one of the solutions to dealing with your rat problem. Okay, well, that is uh, unfortunately, most unfortunately, all the time we have for today. But, Curtis, we will certainly have you back. Curtis Sliwa, if people want to find out more about you and your work, where can they look? Oh, my pleasure. Remember, I grew up listening to WBAI. I'm not a stranger. For sure not. For sure not. We really appreciate it. We'll have you back on the program again very soon. Maybe the next time we have you back on the program, you will be an official candidate for mayor. You know that. You can take that to the bank. I will be. Thanks, Celeste. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, WBAI audience. Okay. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much. You are listening to Driving Forces. This is WBAI New York, 99.5 FM, and streaming live at WBAI.org. Just had a very interesting conversation with Curtis Lewa, the Guardian Angels founder, former candidate for mayor, future candidate for mayor, apparently radio host, power user of police fingerprinting and mugshot services. And we really appreciate you being with us here today. So if you found this conversation interesting, if you love the guests, hate the guests, love us, hate us, but at least there's something to listen to. There's something going on. We do work hard to bring you interesting programs with sometimes exciting guests, sometimes controversial guests, but always something going on here to keep it going here on WBAI, to keep talking about the migrant crisis, to keep talking about education, to keep talking about all the things that really matter to New Yorkers. We do need your help, please, today, right now. WBAI.org or 212-209-2950, 212-209-2950. Jeff, any final thoughts? Final thoughts are we are going to not be here next week. We're going to be preempted. Uh, my City Watch show is off this Sunday. Driving Forces is preempted uh, next week as well. That's because you need to stay with WBAI for very special programming. We've talked about the value of WBAI and why we want you to support it. You're going to hear some very special programming. And then we'll be back with our regular show soon. On the 14th of uh, September, Celeste and I will be speaking with New York City Schools Chancellor David Banks. You won't want to miss that show. We want to thank today's special guest, Curtis Slewa. Thanks to our engineer, Reggie Johnson, and to all of our faithful listeners and callers. Extra special thanks to everyone who's going to go to WBAI.org today, right now, to support this station. If you missed any part of the show or you want to share it or subscribe, we upload every edition to Apple, SoundCloud, and everywhere you get your favorite podcasts. This has been Driving Forces with Celeste Katz-Marston and Jeff Simmons. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned to WBAI for more great programming and see you on the radio.